of ministry because Jesus opened up his eyes. But his eyes would have never been opened if he would have never took a trip down to the pool. You and I got to trust God that whatever we set before this church, we got to walk it by faith and not by sight. Somebody said, you know, preacher, that's going to be hard for us to do. All you got to do is make a decision. Just like you make a decision for everything else. It's about what is important to us. And I'm not just talking about you. I'm talking about me too. I'm not just talking about your family. I'm talking about my family too. We got to prioritize. Everybody want to go to glory. Everybody want to go to heaven. We just don't want to go right now. We have to, we have to start with the small things. Get to church on time. <laughs> huh? Get to Bible study on time. Be sitting down in your seats for worship. Having your mind ready to worship the most high God. If he's the most high, then you ought to treat him like the most high. If he's your all in all, you ought to treat him like he's your all in all. If he's your father and your sustainer and your provider, then you got to treat him like he is. I know that's not what you, I know that's not what you wanted. But I just felt the need to say that before I get into my lesson. Because it don't make no sense. We preach these lessons, we teach all of these classes, and you ain't here to benefit from it. God is not satisfied with where we are. He's not satisfied with where your marriage is. He's not satisfied with where your parent, parenting skills are. He's not satisfied where we all maturely. He's not satisfied with your spirituality. He's not satisfied with our works. God wants us to go to another level, but you got to grow to get there. And God has to be important enough to cause you to have a desire to say, hey, I'm not what I want to be, but with the power of God, I can get what he needs me to be. Some of us don't know when to say amen. <laughs> I'm just trying to help us get to the, never, to the next level of ministry. You ain't going to never cross to the next level if you don't start with a better living. Amen, somebody. <laughs> I'd ask that you be so kind. Stand up on your feet. Hug your neighbor. Shake his hand. Somebody need a hug this morning. Somebody need a hug. Amen.
Be finding Psalm 23, if you're not already there, Psalm 23. Psalm 23. And we want to commence the reading at verse 1 of Psalm 23. The psalmist says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restored my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, is that in your Bible? Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Some of y'all thought that, that you were doing as well as you were and are because of your own skills. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Shall we bow and shall we pray? Father, forgive us for our sins. Forgive us as individuals, forgive us collectively for the sins we commit before the eyesight of heaven. We pray that you would not only forgive us, please, but we pray that you would continuously have mercy on our lives and that you would continue to bless us. Bless us, Father, not to abuse your amazing grace. We pray that we may Take to heart the words of God on this day. That by the same grace that saves us is the same grace when understood that will change us. We pray for ourselves and we pray for our sister churches. That we'd allow our God to, to guard God and direct her. We pray for our hearts. We pray for those who wanted to be here, those who planned to be here, but Father, something happened. Something took place in their life and took them on a detour this morning and disturbed their minds and caused them not to be here. We pray, Father God, that some way, somehow, that as a sheep that has gone astray, that you would allow your Holy Spirit to direct them on back to the fold, not to become discouraged and dismayed by the things of this life. Be with those who are discouraged today. Be with those who are broken today. Be with those who just don't know today. And be with those who are joyful today. Bless us. Keep us. Be with our worship. Touch our hearts and touch our meeting ground. We pray that you would just bless us to suck your word into our spirit man today. That will redeem us that will bring us back as the dry bones and Ezekiel came back to life. That our dry lives can come back to be vibrant. 
and be redeemed for the almighty God and for the glorification of him who sitteth on the throne. Bless your manservant today as he proclaims your word. Be with your people that meets in this place. As only God can be with us. We ask that you continue to bless us in this worship. It's in his name, Jesus, who died for us. Let the church say amen. As I stated, this is the last sermon on the uh, theme on today, trusting in the provisional, trusting in the provisional hand of God, our shepherd, trusting, trusting in the provisional hand of God, our shepherd. If the Lord is my shepherd, I should not want. If you don't mind this morning, let me begin by informing you of, of the worst prison in the world. Matter of fact, it's not just the worst in the world, but it is the heaviest populated in the world. It comes with more inmates than beds. It has more prisoners than plates. It is the most oppressive and depressing prison in the world. The inmates will tell you that they're overworked and underfed. Their walls are bare and empty, and their bunks have become hard. No prison is as permanent. The prisoners in this prison, the majority of them, the inmates never leave. They never escape. Some never make parole. They are serving a life sentence in this overcrowded, under-provision kind of prison. Somebody say, preacher, what prison are you talking about? Well, for your FYI, it's not Hunt's. It's not St. Quentin. It's not Pelican Bay or even Angola. Let me introduce you to the name that is written on the entrance of this prison. And it's called W-A-N-T. Want. We are a people of wants. You want this and you want that. You want what you don't have. The sad thing about People is once you get what you thought would satisfy you, you want something else. If I only had a better job, if I only had made more money, if I had more overtime, if I only had that house, if I only had that car, if I only had more degrees, if I only had more time, if I was 25 years old again, if I were just a little taller, if I was just a tad bit thinner, I don't know what to watch on the TV. I don't know what piece of jewelry I want to wear. If my hair, I wish I had a church up in here. If my hair was just longer, I wonder where 
we will vacation this year or what we will eat tonight. I don't know what I want to wear. Want, want, want. Always wanting. When you are young, you want everything. But you're broke and don't have no money. When you get older, you got a little something. But now, you don't want anything. You try to hold on to your little change. You place yourself in the prison of want. When you are never satisfied as a sheep in the shepherd's fold. It tells us of our Christianity. It tells us of our maturity. Maturity. It tells where we stand with trusting the shepherd of our salvation. I don't know about y'all, but I want to be like the Apostle Paul when he said, in whatever state, in whatever state I find myself in, I have learned to be content. And it's not that Paul won't need something else or wouldn't mind having something else, but it's I don't get something. If I, Paul didn't get something better, if I don't ever make a million dollars in a single year, if I don't get my desired kind of car, I'm all right with where I am. I'll be just fine with what I have. The child of God, happiness should not come from where you live. The child of God, happiness shouldn't be based on what you drive or where or what you wear. Your happiness should not come from what you deposit in somebody else's bank. If you get your happiness from having your wants, then you are a prisoner in the prison of W.A. NT want. I don't know about you, but I don't ever want my happiness to be based off stuff that I want. Because stuff I want and stuff I get can also be stuff that I can lose. If my happiness is built on wants, then I'm headed straight to that road. I will die because of the lack of trust in my shepherd. I will die because of the lack of faith in my shepherd. I read somewhere what the Bible says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust do it corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, when neither moth nor rust do it corrupt, and when thieves do not break through nor steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. See, my real treasure is not down here. It's in heaven. And if my real treasure is in heaven, my heart longs to get there. The only thing that should make the children of God happy is knowing the Lord 
Because if I know him, I know all things work together for good. For if I know him, I know that God hears not a sinner's prayer, but if any man be a worshiper, for if I know him, I know his eyes is on the righteous, for if I know him, I know his ears are open to their prayers. All I'm saying is my happiness is not built on things on the earth, but it's based on the Lord who is over the earth. The Bible says that the Lord owns the cattle of a thousand hills. I don't know about y'all, but that scripture just gets me excited every time I, I hear it. The Lord owns the cattle of a thousand hills. And all the cattle that sits on the hills belongs to the Lord. The Lord owns the cattle of a thousand hills. He holds the world in the hollow of his hands. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Just, just think for a moment. I'm almost done. Just think for a moment. Just think for a moment. Y'all got your thinking caps on? Think for a moment. Think of all of your stuff. Huh? Think of all your stuff. Think of all your stuff in your closet. Uh, all your suits. All your dresses. All your shoes, sister girls. All your hats. All your fine decorated tissue in China, all your forks and knives, all your stuff that you got in somebody's storage. So much stuff, you start putting it in the garage. You can't even put the car in there. You got so much stuff. When you run out of garage room, you start putting stuff in the rooms where nobody's sleeping anymore. Sometimes you have, sometimes you have, sometimes you have so much meat in the freezer. You have to be careful not to open it too quickly. <laughs> Y'all not gonna work with me. <laughs> you, 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 have, you, have to, you have so much meat in, in the freezer that you have to lean yourself on the freezer door to keep the stuff from falling out. You have so much meat you have to open a crack to keep all of the meat you have stuffed in there. You, you know, you put meat and then you just keep on stuffing it. You know you don't have no room, but you keep stuffing it in the freezer. Y'all ain't going to work with a preacher. Some of y'all got so much clothes that on Sunday morning or Saturday night, you have a mental fight with yourself because it's hard to decide what you are going to wear. Can I give you two spiritual truths? I'm almost done. Point one, don't be mad this morning. Nothing belongs to you. Y'all uh, didn't hear that. I, I'm telling you, some folk are just messed up from the floor up. Nothing belongs to you. Your belongings don't belong to you. <laughs> your stuff is not yours. 
Get for me, get for me, take man, Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Get for me, Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Watch this here. Watch this here. Give me Ecclesiastes 5. And give me verse number 15. Watch this here. Verse 15. As he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return. Naked shall he return to go as he came. And shall take nothing of his labor, which he may carry away in his, in his hand. When the rich and the wealthy die, one might ask, how much did they leave? All of it. I like the way one preacher says it. All you are going to take in the judgment is your butt naked soul. <laughs> your Rolex, Louis, Tommy, Versace, and Chanel can't accompany you or accompany me in the great judgment of our Lord and Savior. I remember growing up and I would go over to some of my friends' home and homes and there were there were nice rooms we didn't have it but but I went over to their homes and they had nice they had a nice room in the house I remember going there to the nice room looking and they had nice looking sofas and nice looking chairs and nice looking lamps there was something strange about that room and that house that was different than my house and the rooms we had all of the sofas and all of the chairs and all of the lamps they had was all covered up with plastic. I could never understand it while I went to those homes and I saw the sofa covered and I saw the chairs covered and I saw the lamps covered. I, it didn't make any bad sense to me to cover the stuff that you purchased. I, I could not understand it. And I thought those furniture, I really belonged, believed in myself when I was younger that it was something heavenly about that room, something spiritual about the furniture, something angelic about that room. But when I got older, I found out it was just another sofa. I found out it was just another chair. Why buy something just for show? Buy it, use it, because one day you will die and you will lose it. All your fine jury, you have one day to die. Your daughter-in-law who you can't stand. <laughs> One day that boy that you don't want your daughter to marry will drive your cars and dog it out. Your daughter-in-law that you can't stand will wear all your silk gowns. Wear all your silk stuff that you keep in a private drawer that you don't want to wear. She will take it and she will stick it out one day. Oh, because all we have is our naked soul. What you own. <laughs> oh, it's not really yours. There's a story told about three girls and 
The girls went to bed one night, were on their way to bed, and the baby girl got up in the bed that night, and the two other sisters said their prayers, but the baby girl didn't say her prayers that night. She just got up in the bed, and she got in the bed, and the two sisters told on her, told the father that the baby girl didn't that night. The father said, baby girl, why didn't you, why didn't you say your prayers? She said that, and she said, I, I didn't feel the need to pray tonight. She said, because tonight is my turn to get in the middle. Psalm 23, verse 6. See, when you're walking with God, you can sleep at night when you sleep in the middle. The Bible says, surely, goodness and mercy follow me. When you learn to sleep in the middle, you can go to sleep at night. When you learn to sleep in the middle, you don't have to take Ambien at night. When you learn to sleep in the middle, you don't have to get drunk to fall asleep. When you learn to get sleep in the middle, you don't have to get high to block your mind away from stuff that's disturbing to your life. When you learn to sleep in the middle, a child of God, when you understand the Lord, that's why we started with the first lesson. It's not about anointing your head with all. It's not about dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. It's not about walking through the valley of the shadow of death. It's not about being brought to the still waters. It's about knowing who God is first. When you know the Lord is my shepherd, you ain't got to want for nothing. When you go to bed at night, you can be like baby girl. You can sleep in the middle because you know God's got goodness, <laughs> mercy on each side of my life. And you can sleep all through the night. You can get all your little rest, your eight hours, your seven and a quarter, in the army, they told us we only needed four hours. Whatever that is, you just get what you get. And when you go to sleep at night, get some rest. Get some rest. Get some rest. Let me tell you something. Don't tell nobody. It's not about, it's not about the sleep, y'all. It's about the rest. It's not about falling to sleep. It's about resting in the arms of a loving shepherd. See, just because you're resting don't mean you're sleeping. Sleeping is not resting. When you're at rest, you're comforted. You're at ease. You're at peace. Travel to the other world. The Bible says Lazarus was comforted. In Abraham's bosom, he ain't sleep, he's resting. That's what your soul wants. It wants to rest. 
the only rest is in God. You wonder why your spirit is uneased. You wonder why every time somebody tells you something, you are you're on the edge and you're always starting to fight and you always want to argue. You ain't at peace. Before you leave this world, you got to be at peace with God. That's what your soul wants. You want rest. You can't rest until you get it straight with the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want because he takes care of everything that I need. Just keep walking with the shepherd. Keep walking with the shepherd. I see you tonight at six. And we'll talk about point number two. Not only what you have is not yours. Don't tell nobody. But what you have is not you. If you're not a child of God, you come by hearing his word. By believing the same. By repenting of your sins confessing Jesus is the son of the living God. We'll baptize you today. We'll baptize you today. I say we'll baptize you today for the remission of your sins. I made sure the water was ready. I came here last night and I ran that water because we always want to be ready in case somebody say I'm coming to Jesus. The water is ready. The angels are ready. Bible says that the angels rejoice over just one person who decides to turn their life around. Over 99 folk who don't need any repentance. I think it's a day to cause the angels to rejoice in heaven. Why don't you be the reason? We'll baptize you today. You can become a member of the Lord's church. If you got sin in your life, you are a member of the Lord's church. You need to fix that. You fix it before it's eternally too late. And you be at rest with your maker and your judge. As together we stand, and together we sing the invitation song. Why don't you come? Why don't you come? Pass me not, O so Say today I'm coming. And hear my heart. Come on and walk out of the aisle and say today I'm coming. Baptize me. Baptize me for the remission of my sins. I want to be, I want to be washed clean from my sins. Come on out of the aisles and say today, today I'm going to become a child of the living God. If you know your life ain't right with the maker. I'm calling you, say. You get it right today. Say, Lord, I have sinned, Lord. I need your strength. You say, Lord, I'm not what I want to be. I can see myself. But I just can't get there. I need your help. I need your strength. I need somebody greater than myself to help me to get to where I need to get. Don't take your seat if you stand in need of prayer. Tell it to God. His ears are open to the righteous. We sing the chorus. Me His by. eyes are over the righteous. I'm calling you. Say, call on him. Come on and call on him. Oh, say. Might be for yourself. It might be for your daughter. It might be for your son. It might be for your friend. Might be for your neighbor. Might be for your spouse. Why don't you come and call on him today?
Call on him today. He's waiting. He's waiting. And while why don't you come? Bye.